The number one cause of death in America is not cancer or heart disease. It's still abortion. Without the right to life, no other rights matter. The most dangerous place for anyone to be is in the womb of their mother. This is Bob Boyd. And Jerry Boyd. This is Issues in Education. In the 1973 Roe v. Wade Supreme Court case, All the laws prohibiting abortion were overturned, and abortion was legal in all the United States for 50 years. Then, in the Dobbs Supreme Court case of 2022, abortion was once again returned to each state to decide, so that now... 16 states have banned or restricted abortion in their state. And can you believe that it has been 50 years since abortion was legalized? 50 years! Our guest is Seth Gruber, who has been a national renowned pro-life speaker since he was 19 years of age. Seth Gruber was homeschooled by his mother, who was a pregnancy resource director. Seth Gruber is the founder and president of the White Bros Resistance and host of the podcast Unaborted with Seth Gruber. We heard Seth Gruber speak at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, with Pastor Jack Hibbs. Listen to his amazing background in courageously standing for life at school. I grew up in Whittier, California. I was homeschooled through eighth grade. I went to Whittier High School. I did my senior project on abortion. Whittier High School told me, you can't pick the topic of abortion. Sorry, we have our senior project guidelines. You can't pick that topic. And I said, here's a copy of the Constitution you're making me read in government class. I recommend you read it or you're going to have a lawsuit on your hands. So I I did. I actually did threaten a lawsuit to Whittier High School as a senior there. And they were like, oh. And so then I did my senior project on the issue of abortion. When you stare little wannabe tyrants in the face and say, sit down, they often do because it's just a projection of strength. Amen. So then I went to Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California, and I started the first pro-life club. I asked student government to let me bring an abortion display in my freshman year, my sophomore year, and my junior year. And they said no all three times. And then I learned that Westmont College hires pro-abortion professors. And guess how I know that? I had debates with them via email. Faculty teaching professors at Westmont College who signed a statement of faith who defend abortion. No, they say, no, a woman has a right to abortion. So I stood outside of the dining commons as a junior at Westmont with dead baby photo signs of mutilated children killed through abortion to show my alma mater what they were supporting and tolerating in their midst. So then they came out and they said, you can't do this display. And I said, so I'm just a tuition-paying student exercising my right to free speech. And they were like, oh, uh, uh. And then after two hours of debate, they said, Seth, we feel like you're disrespecting us. To which I said, and I feel like you're disrespecting the aborted children who are probably killed at a greater rate at your university by Christian students because of your silence, tolerance, and hiring of pro-abortion professors in your midst. So, anyways, that's my background. If pastors and Christians can't preach against Prop 1, as California legalized abortion through point of birth and write it into the state constitution, you have abandoned your pulpit. You have walked away from your authority. Your mantle has fallen off. It's time for us to put a line in the sand and say you will go no further than this line right here. And yet, we didn't. The Church of Jesus Christ in California and America did not. Michigan, Vermont, California, writing abortion through point of birth into their state constitution. Jeremiah 7.30. For the sons of Judah have done evil in my sight, declares the Lord. They have built the high places of Topheth to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it even enter my mind. It's so detestable. It's so heinous that you would pass your children through the fire to Baal or to Moloch that I didn't even think my own people would come up with this. 
Psalm 106, God tells the Israelites, you have sacrificed your sons and daughters to demons. And so, says the Lord in Psalm 106, I give you over to be ruled by those who hate you. You see, God sees no distinction between killing babies outside the womb and killing them in the womb. Lot and Gideon also face their culture wars. Where's Lot in Genesis when the angels come to torch San Francisco, uh, Sodom, <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah? Where is Lot? He's at the city gates. Lot had a position of authority. You don't put someone at the city gates to welcome the foreigner into your land unless they have respect. He had political influence over the powers of the day. But when the angels come to torch that city, it says what? Lot takes them to his house, men from all parts of the city. And then what do they say? Hey, Lot, bring those men out that we might have sex with them. Now you understand why God wanted to torch Sodom. Well, first, they weren't men. They were angels. So, And Lot comes out. And listen, Lot believed the truth. Lot was sometimes willing to speak the truth. But when it mattered, he folds like a cheap suit. But he was willing to lob truth out there. What does he do? He goes out on his front porch and he says, do not do this wicked or abominable thing. So he calls their actions wicked. He was willing to speak the truth. Oh boy, do we have a lot of Christian pastors and leaders and influencers and authors in America today who will say true things. But when they were needed to stand for what is closest to the heart of the father, they also fold like a cheap suit. So what does Lot say? Here are my daughters have sex with them. You see, church, Lot was saved, but he wasn't salty. So his wife becomes in death what he should have been in life, a pillar of salt. You can be saved, but not salty. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on. So many Christians are saved by God's grace, but they've lost their saltiness. So in eternity, will you be like the mighty men and women of God who stood valiantly against the evils of their day? You can make it into the kingdom by the hair on your bum, and you can say, by grace and grace alone. But what's going to be your story at the marriage supper of the Lamb? When all of the pastors who are like Ezekiel's in this season, and the sidewalk counselors, and those speaking at school board meetings, are saying, look what God did just because I was obedient. Or do you want to be like Lot and say, I gave my daughters to be raped by a mob and God forgave me. The other option is the route of Gideon. In Judges 6, do you know where Gideon is? He's hiding out in a cave. Why is he hiding out in a cave? Because they had Bernie Sanders democratic socialism. (laughs) No joke. No, it was democratic socialism, church. Okay, so it's better than normal socialism. That's right. Socialism takes what money people work for and gives it to those who don't. Socialism is like legal theft. So it is like the Midianites oppressing the Israelites by stealing their grain. Remember the Midianites were oppressing the Israelites? And so they thresh their wheat and they make their food and the Midianites come and take it. So Gideon's like, forget this. I'm going to go thresh my own wheat in a cave. So it's tax evasion, right? And God comes to Gideon in a cave in Judges 6 and he says, mighty man of valor. Now what's Gideon thinking? Where have you been? Our grandpapa's told us that you were the God that brought us up out of Egypt. Where's the milk and honey, yo? Where's the promised land? He cooks a meal for God. God lights it on fire, proves he's God. Gideon freaks out. He goes, oh, okay. And then it says, and that same night, and that same night, God told Gideon, walk out of this cave and you go tear down that altar to Baal. Well, who was Baal, church? The God of baby sacrifice. And who was Asherah? The goddess of sex. And they would worship Asherah through orgies and unbridled sexual escapades. 
which nine months later results in an unwanted baby, which you then pass through the fire to bail. The strategy has never changed. Planned Parenthood and the spirit of the age and his acolytes have used the same Judges 6 strategy for decades. They push pornographic, sexually titillating material and curriculum onto young kids to break down their sexual and societal mores and standards to reduce them to their most animalistic appetites so they can't govern themselves, so they'll have more sex, so that more unwanted babies will be produced, which you can then pass through the fires to Planned Parenthood today. Gideon is facing the same culture war that we're facing today that so many pastors refuse to engage on because they, I don't really do the culture war, I just preach the gospel. No, you preach a cheap grace gospel to ensure that you don't lose any tithes from the people in your congregation who you refuse to call to repentance. God begins with the Israelites' abortions before he begins with anything else. You go tear down that altar of baby sacrifice. How about that? How about then we'll have a conversation? So many Christians are theoretical Christians who believe the gospel, but don't put their actions behind their beliefs. There are millions of Christians in America with billions of dollars in churches, TV, radio stations, publications, schools, and yet secularists have a greater zeal for their unrighteous actions than we have for defending righteousness. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We do not understand the strategy of the enemy nor the people that the enemy of our souls has used that were planted in the cultural soil by political elites of secular progressivism to put their ideas, their worldview, and the people who would advocate for those ideas in the public square, in political seats, in positions of influence, while we stood by the sidelines and said, I'm not political. And then we launch our ministries of mercy to care for the broken people whose heartache we could have prevented if we had been contending upstream from once these ideas come. But we do not understand the strategy of the enemy. We do not understand the Marxist revolution in America today. He's right. Christians don't understand how Marxism is proceeding a silent, nonviolent Marxist revolution brought about through educating each generation of American children in the pagan public schools. It has been said in times of moral crisis, neutrality is treason. There's no such thing as moral neutrality. If you stand in the middle of the road, you'll get run over by a truck. Where is the bottom of this slippery slope? You could not have predicted the culture in America right now when I was born in 1991. How did we get here? That's a good question. How did we get here? We've allowed secular pagans to teach and disciple Christian children. To feminists... The biblical rule of a wife who bears children and stays at home to raise them is oppressive. And because of feminism, women are free to go off to war and engage the enemy in combat while their children wonder, what happened to their mommy? So if it's just equal pay for equal work, why do companies hire men to do the same job for more money? (laughs) (laughs) Right. If women do the same job for less money, why don't companies just hire women? Why hire men and pay more? Because it's just a ruse. There are some jobs only men can do and vice versa. By leaving the biblical model, how God established the role for men and women to be different for different purposes, we've left generations guessing about what makes a happy marriage. Much of the cultural and societal rot we're experiencing is due to one of the patron saints of feminism. Her name is Margaret Sanger the founder of the American Birth Control League, later renamed Planned Parenthood. Those early cultural and political revolutionaries had a more robust religion 
than most Christians did. And they were more dogmatic about their religion than most Christians are for ours. In the early 1900s, Margaret Sanger begins to be radicalized by actual communists. This is where Margaret Sanger, the patron saint of feminism, gets her beginning. And you need to understand who this woman is if we're to understand why pro-life OBGYNs are now being told, if you won't perform an abortions, we're going to sue you for pregnancy discrimination. If you want to understand why Corrine Jean-Pierre is labeling Christians, pro-lifes, and conservatives as domestic terrorists and the greatest and most extreme threat to freedom and democracy, if you want to know why the FBI has arrested over 11 pro-lifers in the last six weeks for breaking no laws but because they're a pain in the butt, a stick in the eye, and a fly in the ointment to the liberal establishment, which is built on the mutilated bodies of 65 million children, if you want to understand all of this, we have to go to Margaret Sanger. In the culture wars, which was really just a proxy war for the deeper spiritual war. So, Sanger believed that you couldn't usher in the Marxist revolution unless you started with the sexual revolution. Do you follow me? Yes, so many pastors and Christian leaders don't yet understand that the culture war is a spiritual war between God and Satan. Otherwise, they'd be more involved in the culture war, which includes educating their own church children. Public schools confuse Christian children and teach them about relative values, that there are no absolutes. Margaret Sanger's goal was to usher in relativism and sexually titillating material to break down those societal norms and standards so people couldn't govern themselves and they'd be a sucker for the first would-be tyrant and his utopian promises that rises among them. So she begins to encourage sexual chaos and birth control which convinced Americans that consent to sex is not consent to pregnancy, that we can separate those things. So if I'm on birth control, then I didn't consent to pregnancy, so therefore I have the right to abort the child because I didn't consent to this baby. The place to stop abortion is before pregnancy begins. That's exactly right, and that means teaching morals and character that leads children to a better and healthier life. But the master plan to lead this nation into Marxism through sexual chaos where anything goes so that people can't control themselves, then they must be controlled, and that leads to tyranny. Margaret Sanger writes her first published materials. It was called Woman Rebel. Woman Rebel with the tagline, no gods and no masters. The idea, having no gods leads to having no masters, was supposed to be liberating, but instead it led to oppression. Look at how Eve was deceived in the Garden of Eden to believe Satan's lie, that God was just holding out on her, keeping her away from being like God himself, and to know good and evil. She'll be set free. So she took the bait and took the bite that led to death. Oh, okay, so, so the Garden of Eden. So the first lie. Eat the apple, get woke. God's holding out on you. If you eat the apple, your eyes will be open because God's keeping them closed because he hates you. He's not showing you true reality. And then if you eat the apple, ye shall be as gods. No gods and no masters. I'm my own God. This is where Margaret Sanger gets her beginning. Here's what she said. Rebel women claim the following rights. The right to be an unmarried mother, the right to destroy, and the right to love. Anyone notice the liberal establishment's obsession with overpopulation today? Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg. George Soros, the entire Democrat Party. So here's what Sanger said. If you're like a Jew, a Slav, an Italian, or a black, and people we don't really want having more kids, then we need to encourage the destruction of those people and make sure that they're sterilized so they can't have more kids. This is where much of the overpopulation obsession by leftist theocrats actually begins. And these are the people that Margaret Sanger meets in her exile in England. 
remember my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, I'm trying to explain to you how the religious priests of humanism were more devoted to their religion than we were to ours. Havelock Ellis said, hey, Sanger, tone down the more radical sounding themes of communism and anarchism, and you need to focus on the more scientific sounding themes of eugenics eugenics. Some people are good and some people are bad. So we need to encourage more good people to have kids and the bad people not to have kids. Charles Darwin. Survival of the fittest. We're no more valuable than animals. PETA's vision is true. We don't have any more dignity than the cow, the dog, or the cat. There is no sanctity of life. There is no human exceptionalism. Therefore, the strong will survive and the weak will die. Might makes right in the religion of humanism. In other words, ye shall be as gods, (laughs) okay? So you've got Charles Darwin, whose ideology is responsible for more bloodshed in the 20th century than in all of world history combined before that, whose cousin Francis Galton modernizes the eugenics movement. Hey, maybe the culture war was just a proxy war for the spiritual war. And by the way, they're still obsessed with this idea of overpopulation, right? You had to kill the babies, right? This is why Bernie Sanders, two years ago, at the climate catastrophe town hall, said... One of the solutions to fighting climate change is to fund abortions in poor black countries. Bernie Sanders said this on national television. I'll never forget it. I covered it in my podcast. So Bernie Sanders says, we have too many people. There's not enough resources to keep up with population growth. By the way, have you ever noticed how these these communist degenerates like Bernie Sanders never volunteer to suicide themselves? (laughs) It's the same thing with all the people who peddle climate change lies who fly on private jets everywhere. It's like, you obviously don't believe what you're saying. If we have so many people and you believe some people need to be killed, why don't you start with yourself? But it's always poorer and blacker people and darker of skin. It's a fascinating aspect of progressivism today. So he says, yeah, it's too many people, so we got to kill the babies, right? How is this any different than the Aztecs in 1484, right before Columbus shows up, who at the Temple Mayor at Tenochtitlan ritually sacrificed thousands of people over a three-day period, and they would take knives and slice the chest of their victims open, yank out the heart, and hold it up to their sun god, Huitzilopochtli. By the way, the other Aztec sun god was named Tislatopoca, and we have California legislation in our public schools where public high school students were required to chant Aztec chants to Tislatopoca. And I actually have a video of this of a public high school in California whose public school teachers were leading Aztec chants to Tislatopoca for social justice warrior chants. That's right. Some California public schools were leading their students to chant pagan Aztec god prayers. But the San Diego parents sued the California Department of Education to stop the graduation requirement that high school students had to take the ethics studies class to graduate. Now that is an achievement. Exactly. But you have to think, how did God feel about prayers to a pagan Aztec god? Isn't that why he judged Israel? So maybe this culture war really is a spiritual war, and most pastors just missed it. Hey, maybe this was always just a spiritual war that masqueraded as just the politics to keep the politically impotent pastors silent. Anyways, I digress. So how is this any different than them? Because they believe Huitzilopochtli, their sun god, listen to this, was fighting a constant war against darkness. And if Huitzilopochtli ever lost that war against darkness, then the sun would stop moving across the sky. The world would be plunged into a cold, cold darkness. And everyone would die. This is what the Aztecs believe. So they they believe we have to sacrifice humans to Huitzilopochtli to satiate him and fund his war against darkness. How is that any different than Bernie Sanders and the entire liberal establishment today who says overpopulation is harming the environment, which is causing climate change. And if we don't significantly curb overpopulation, the sun will cease to shine and move across the sky. The world will be plunged into a cold, cold darkness and everyone will die. (laughs) 
(laughs) They're still pushing human sacrifice to pagan deities today with the same belief. That's an interesting connection, that to prevent overpopulation and harming the environment, we need to have legal baby killing. It's for our own survival to stop global climate change. Margaret Sanger's ideas greatly influenced Hitler's ideas about the survival of the fittest and destroying those deemed unfit to live. Sanger actually coined the term birth control. The woman who coins the term birth control wanted to use it to prevent people she didn't like from reproducing. Unfit, it's probably the central most important word in eugenics because some people are unfit to live and some people are fit to live. So Sanger's like heading into work, sipping lattes, hanging out with the founders and presidents of the American Eugenics Society. (laughs) So this is what this movement was wrapped up in. And Sanger wrote about how she longed, she longed for when the morons and imbeciles would be segregated and sterilized. Segregated and sterilized. Her great inspiration was this, to create a race of thoroughbreds by encouraging more children from the fit and less from the unfit. Some people aren't fit to live and we shall be as gods. So we get to decide who has value and who should have a right to life and who shouldn't. The central phrase is the linchpin of the entire secular progressive project are the words, this is my body, my choice. And I'll kill whatever's inside of my body because the serpent told me in Genesis 3, ye shall be as gods. And a god gets to decide who lives and who dies. This is why we kill babies through embryonic stem cell research and most recently prenatal gene editing. They're doing this in America right now. They're trying to edit the genes of little babies conceived in test tubes, edit out of our gene code certain susceptibilities to diseases so we can live just a little bit longer. Abortion is the pagan replacement for man's pursuit of eternal life rather than accepting the broken body and shed blood of Christ for eternal life. They demand that we break the bodies and shed the blood of babies for eternal life. That's well said. Rather than accepting the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ for eternal life, the secularists break the bodies of babies to try to live longer. So killing babies is justified in their minds for research to eliminate bad disease-causing genes. That's right. They break their bodies and shed their little blood. When our culture displaced the Christian belief that all lives are precious because they're made in God's image, they came up with all these kooky, crazy beliefs. Man is fundamentally a religious being. You displace Christianity and weird, kooky other pagan religions will enter its place. And Margaret Sanger understood this. That's why she wanted to use the sexual revolution to usher in the social revolution and displace Christianity as the dominant worldview in America. We convinced ourselves that Christianity had nothing to do with politics. That the culture war, it was a proxy war for the deeper spiritual war. We wanted to make Christianity to be really attractive and not offend the political sensibilities of Christians who need to be called to repentance for supporting the party that's fulfilling Margaret Sanger's vision of slaughtering 65 million image bearers in the womb. Thanks to the silence of Christians and the commitment of secular progressivism that were more dogmatic about their religion than the Christians were about theirs. We need Christian resistance in this late hour of the American culture war. We are in a late hour of this American culture war. You do not label your political opponents domestic terrorists unless you seek to see them treated as such. And if you dare be like Gideon and stand against the sacrament of Satan and the secular progressive religion, you will also be defined as those deemed unfit to live. So you need to understand abortion is not detached 
from the secular progressive moral revolution. It actually plays the central role in the entire Marxist revolutionary takeover. It's actually the linchpin upon which secular progressivism swings. And if you remove that linchpin, the entire liberal establishment begins to collapse in on itself like a dying star. Which was why when Roe v. Wade got overturned on June 24th, 2022, all of their headlines were like, without abortion, they're going to come for everything else. Without abortion, we don't know what to do anymore. What if God's people had awakened and realized that the culture war, it was a proxy war for the deeper spiritual war. Stop blaming evil people for doing evil things. That's what they always do. Your responsibility is to stand in the middle of the road and prevent their agenda. Reagan said, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. All it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Our guest has been Seth Gruber, president of the White Rose Resistance and host of Unaborted with Seth Gruber. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. So true. He said, God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act, close quote. God is watching what we do. We'll either be like Lot, who sat at the gate while evil flourished, or Gideon, who followed the Lord into victorious battle. If you would like a CD copy of this very important program, please ask for number 1815, The Horrors of Abortion. That's number 1815, The Horrors of Abortion. You can order a CD copy of this program from our website. Our website is issuesineducation.org. That's issuesineducation.org. Please give us a call at 928-776-0000. That's 928-776-0000. From Proverbs 24, verse 11. Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. For Issues in Education, this has been Bob and Jerry Boyd.